So are you going to have Arlen do it, seeing as if it blows up and kills him that, you know, he wasn't really useful after all and, you know, no great loss to the party? Not really. They they seem to be pretty content to kind of sit in their little suffer bubble. And I guess that their latest projects are of little practical value and dubious uh, safety record. Oh, come on, he's a farmer. He could go and milk them to death. It's been, it's been, you know, an interesting couple of weeks. Chapter 201, Commendations. Okay. So in the last episode, the group had gotten all back together again, more or less, and had seen the fruits of their labors come to, to, to pass there. So uh, Cotter's team and Creval's team uh, with uh, Noan had survived the war with Excolbarium Calice and had returned to Porta Magnum. And they, uh, their two uh, tabaxi friends, Misty and Red, had uh, boarded a sand ship and departed. And then, uh, likewise, um, Arlen and Adri, uh, having survived their battle with the uh, specter of the Mad Mage of the Mare and the curing of, of uh, Arlen, had uh, taken a trip with uh, Danya, and made it back to Porta Magnum while their tabaxi friends, Jade and Black and Gray, had uh, beat feet out of the uh, Kalesque area and started heading back towards the tabaxi treehouse. And at the end of that particular episode, something interesting had befallen the entire party in regards to the political climate in uh, the Baronies. And what was that? The group. The Dragonborn get to keep their birth nation. Cotter is getting an inheritance of sorts, and we've been tasked with choosing a new leader for another city. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, Dragonborn have been given the mountains in perpetuity, and uh, then uh, yes, the Baron of Porta Magnum uh, revealed that uh, he's been told by everybody, the the gods, the uh, oracle every single person that he will not have children and so instead of throwing the barony up into a contest between any of the royal families that wants a duel to the death for it he decided uh, to choose an heir and seeing as he's now in the company of the five greatest heroes of the realm at this point uh, decided to hand it off to a first son of Porta Magnum in Cotter so Cotter will be the, the new Baron. But then the all the Barons, uh, well, minus the ones from Excolbarium Calice, because you guys have killed them all, um, all the Barons uh, have decided that uh, 
the line of the royalty there in uh, Excalibarium Calice, uh, being as murderous as it is, has pretty much killed itself off. And uh, with uh, no other claimants to the throne there, they had asked you all, as the heroes of the realm, the most uh, likely people for anybody to follow, to choose one of your number to, after all of this uh, sordid deal with uh, Alowal and the phylacteries and the end of the world as we know it, uh, comes to fruition, that one of you should step up and then become the new baron of Excalibarium Colise. And that uh, started some interesting debate amongst the group after we stopped recording. What uh, what all did you guys have to say about that? Well, it was interesting. Um, it was a giant game of not it. It was yeah. not if. So Cotter's already got a barony in the future. And Creval has got the Dragonborn. So that leaves Noan, Adri, or Arlen. And no one's like, ha, ha. no one's going to follow a, a half demon, even if he wanted it. And so that kind of left it between Adrian Arlen, uh, the farmer or the noble escapee from the underground. So uh, To be fair, I don't have the Dragonborn. I don't lead the Dragonborn. I'm part yeah, of it. But, but you do have a, an important role in that society. Yeah, yeah, when we retire, you're probably going to retire to the hills and not some city. Yeah, and um, I don't know that your people would be especially happy if you chose to settle down as know, a baron somewhere in, else. In the lowland. <laughs> well, um, it would definitely tie the mountains to the valley at that point in time, so there is something to be said about that as well. And and then actually for no one, I mean, uh, what better person to take over a uh, chaotic and uh, dysfunctional barony than someone who can intimidate everybody into doing exactly what he wants done? I think that's like the cause of many of our problems so far. So I don't really know if that's really a good solution. No one's well, a of our problems? Well, that too. <laughs> well, I mean, no one's version would be to call the, the barony of all the people who who did the uprising and then basically like go meditate somewhere. Um, I think that most of them have been uh, culled. So at least half of that job's already been done. Yeah. So that kind of leaves, and I know Arlen has been, because we talked, you know, while we were sitting there, has been offered a spire in some sorcerer's castle at some point. And Except a small problem. Just, just, you know what? You know what? Why don't you just learn to be a wizard? You can fake being a sorcerer. But anyways, um, so so that leaves Adri, who really, out of everyone, actually has experience of being noble and actually running something. Yeah, I actually, I thought about it since the last game. And I mean, I kind of don't think that anyone else would have the political I, a, who's who's a, qualified for the position anyway? Because Cotter and Creval uh, cannot. I could. Um, no, no, no. Phrase I, I I know uh, a bit about politics as a as a character. I have grown up in a noble society. Um, of nothing but also, politics, yeah. Yeah, and and there's the whole you know I left because of it being out of control and and too much of a mess for me to handle. Um, but if, you know, this is a barony of people who are kind of done with things being a mess 
And also there's the whole colony of my people living mountains and maybe it could be a sanctuary to help assimilate them into overworld society. So I am at peace with the idea of being the Baron. Well, here is a question then for uh, Adri. It's like, if she is going to step up to the uh, baronial seat, um, will she continue to keep herself uh, disguised or is she going to actually openly declare her heritage and tell everybody, hey, I'm part drow, deal with it? I I think I would feel that out as we go. (laughs) But certainly by the time that happened, you know, We've we've dealt with the low all, you know, if she were barren and the heroes of the realm say, yeah, she's part drove, deal with it. Is really anyone gonna make a big stink? You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Not not to be rude, but let's be honest, look how well or and I say that sarcastically that the sorcerer and paladin and the younger levels reacted when Adri's makeup just sloughed off a little bit. If she were going to that was a pregnant, long time ago, though. Now at this point, like yeah, we've we've really beefed up our traveled, but you have not traveled under non-disguise for a while, and all it takes is going to be that one peekaboo at the wrong time, and it's going to blow up. I think. Well, yeah, aside he, from he, being he, a I, hero of the realm at that point, well-renowned by barons everywhere, would have the support of the party. I mean, Arlen can do it. Yeah. If... <laughs> Arlen, do you want to be a Baron? Um, no. You'll have a whole lot of money to uh, experiment on getting your magic back. I had a couple ideas, but I didn't know how we bring it up about this Barony thing. I actually do agree that Adri should take it, but I had some I had some other thoughts about the dangers about her taking it, especially to Adri herself. Uh, the chief among them being her own family from below. Yeah, my family, uh, from how we've played it, don't seem terribly upset at my having left. Um, they may even see it as some sort of political gain that a child of their house has political power on the surface. So I don't know. I, I don't like, feel terribly exactly worried my, about that. That's exactly my point. Do they care about the surface that much at all? I not really. They they seem to be pretty content to kind of sit in their little suffer bubble. <laughs> well, and any intrigue that they may cause with spies or whatever in the yeah. open drow society is no different than any other infiltration that might happen for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean the, the danger occurs. the danger exists regardless of which one of us is on in the throne i feel like so i don't know at this point we're pretty high level compared to the average person which is zero (laughs) level yeah Yeah. so i mean i don't know i i'm not that worried about it i i feel like probably adri is the best person for for the job and who knows no one can set up a temple and just build a a guard of fighting monks. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, back, uh, speaking of your family, though, Adri, you never really did have a heart-to-heart conversation with your sister on what all happened that uh, ended up with her and your brother being captives strapped to the back of Varus. So um, who knows what exactly happened to your, your family household there? 
That's true. I, I kind of didn't ask. I just figured that he he lost his mind and, and went after them. Well, and, and <laughs> you bring that up. Um, your parents now could be in huge disgrace and could be dead for all we know if their offspring needed to be treated. So one left created this hevel, you know, who knows? It may not be an issue. That house may be gone. Yeah, when you see your sister next, you might ask her what all happened that uh, ended up with her being captive there, and she might have some insights. She'd say, what all happened? A low all happened. Oh, I had to do it. I um, I actually had a, 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 a thought on that with a, to, to, to address as Adria's Craval in the game about this whole scenario, but I was waiting for actually start playing to bring it up. Okay, well, when, yeah, when we get there, we'll definitely have to do that. Um, but yeah, so it's a very interesting political uh, climate. Um, you know, Arlen seems like the natural person for the barony, seeing as he grew up not too far away. But at the same time, he also has the draw of having the promised spire in the Sorceress Keep. Um, you know, no one would be a uh, awesome baron being you know able to intimidate everybody just with his presence but at the same time i think he uh, also has promised to set up uh, a monastery amongst the uh, dragonborn of the mountains um uh, Creval would be a very interesting choice as baron uh you know uniting the the valley and the mountains together and then also just the fact that he has the ability to summon the you know, writhing a horde of barbarians to do his will would be a, a huge intimidation factor for anyone who might want to act against him. But at the same time, also is, uh, you know, called back to the mountains. Um, Adri, obviously, as we just discussed, would be an interesting choice, probably the most free to choose that particular path. And then once again, maybe if uh, she was to reveal herself as you know in her heritage that also might have an intimidation factor it's like uh, you know last thing you want to do is is uh mess with the uh, baroness because she's got a whole bunch of dark elf friends who will show up in the middle of the night Ooh, so uh yeah there's uh, interesting everyone's got uh you know poles going in different directions and who knows maybe great 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 granddad asmodeus would you know Help me out with a legion of, you know, something. Yeah, well, that, that would be the intimidation factor there, yeah. Who knows what no one's capable of? No one knows. Yeah, that's true. Very good. Anyway, so um, obviously uh, the whole lot of you spent a good time into the evening discussing uh, this whole affair and uh, where we might want to go, assuming um, any one of any of this group actually survives. The next several months and uh, is able to put an end to the Lowell's problems. Speaking of which, you have some problems with the Lowell. What are you carrying with you, Arlen? I have a phylactery. Yeah, so we'll have to deal with that. And also you as a group have been uh, summoned to uh, court there at uh, Portum Magnum uh, again the next day and uh, told to wear your finest. So apparently this is uh, uh, your best guess, Cotter, would be um, it's time to hand out accommodations uh, uh, following the, the war with Escolbarium Calice. Mm -hmm. So if I remember right, at the very end of the last episode, we had just left 
the Baron's meeting thing. Yep, mm-hmm. and gone home for a uh, evening. And actually, the other thing that happened is um, when you get back to the the Fraser estate, Cotter, um, Sinia basically kind of cornered you once everybody was was uh, off to bed and all that. And said these gnomes are driving me up the wall you must do something about them okay which gnomes again and she says well um ever since your return from pheromons apparently uh the inventors there have gotten wind that uh, perhaps this cotter person would be a great patron and it seems like every month now we've got a new emissary of gnomes wanting us to fund yet another and another and another invention. Um, we have a, a group of guests right now staying in the lake house and they would like to demonstrate to you their latest projects. Can I guess that their latest projects are of little practical value and dubious uh, safety record? Um not so much on the first, but definitely yes on the second. Um, and she actually uh, leads you down to the uh, kitchens, and you notice that there is a now a Frizatron two thousand mm-hmm. that is in your kitchen, and um, this one seems to be a, a, a much bigger um, improvement on the Frizatron nineteen ninety nine that you mm-hmm. saw actually in Pheromons that uh, had a tendency to cause lethal frostbite. When it was used, this this one, you just have to have a uh, parka and gloves on, and you can withdraw food from the Frizatron without actually any physical damage. Is that the one where you had to, like, have a drakling breathe on your hands to keep them from freezing? Something like that, yes. Okay. Yeah. Th- this one seems to actually function a bit better. So they now that they've gone to 2,000 level uh, technology, they seem to have uh, made noticeable improvements. Um, and... Um, Adrian Noan, you actually notice when you get to the Fraser household that your trainathon is missing mm-hmm. from the ballroom. Um, although you also do notice that there are large sections of the ballroom that seem to have been refinished. Uh, there, you know, there's new wood, new paint, and so forth. Did they take it? The gnomes? Uh, and in. Sydney tells you, uh, no, we actually had to move uh, the trainathon to a, a training arena out uh, back behind the house. Uh, uh, the cats kept wandering in and getting blasted. So uh, it uh, was causing too much damage to the ballroom. And um, we uh, kept losing cats. And, and they do such a wonderful job keeping the rodents down. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's out in back now in, underneath that uh, canopy. And she kind of waves off in that direction. Well, I want to go see my trainathon. Okay, um, <laughs> and you guys wander out back, and in in fact, it looks like what they've done is they've turned a, a horse paddock um, into a uh, kind of you know it's got a roof over it. It's open on the sides. So it's a kind of a a pillar and beam uh, structure, and with pounded earth underneath it. And standing in the middle is a is in now emblazoned in golden letters the trainathon two thousand and one. And um, as you're approaching, uh, there's a, like a little squirrel that is in front of you, and you startle it. It runs into the paddock, and all of a sudden, this nozzle just appears on the front of the Trainathon 2001, and just blasts it with fire. And all there's just like this little cinder on the ground with a tail on it. That sounds fun. I'm gonna go try it out. Okay. Um, so uh, tell you, why don't you? Um, 
roll for me a uh, dexterity saving throw. 25. Yes, no problem at all. So you get in, you, you're able to make contact. It tries to use the uh, flame gout on you, and you just duck underneath it. And then roll for me a constitution save. 21. Okay. And this time, um, another port opens up, and this time a blast of absolutely frigid air, frosty. I mean, actually, you know, snowflakes appear in, in the air between you and it. And it does actually get you a little bit. I mean, you end up with like frost on your robes. Um, and that you kind of have to shake off and you take a couple of points of damage, but um, you're able to dodge that as well. Um, and, uh, you know, as you get closer, all of a sudden the, the two arms bifurcate to four and then bifurcate again to eight. And you have eight arms all slashing at you at the same time. And it's a really, really good workout, you know, definitely takes the edge off. So I'm just going to do this for a little bit. Excellent. You know, yes. if anyone's watching, I, I will happily invite them to try it too. Um, and you notice that like there's a couple of groundskeepers and when you do that, they just kind of step back instead. All right. So I finish, you know, and I, I brush the last of the, uh, of the snowflakes off my robe and, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Very good. Nice training. And Adri, are you going to get in on that action as well? Um, no, I'm content to watch no one do his little acrobatics in the courtyard. Very good. And every time he uh, comes up short and gets tagged, you just give him the little golf clap? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, short? Yeah. <laughs> feel the love. So as, as the two of you turn around and are heading back out to the uh, Fraser household, you notice that there is a party coming out of the, the uh, doors. And it seems like it is uh, Cotter and Sinia and Arlen and Creval and a group of gnomes. And you'll, you, interestingly, they seem to have a, one of them, a bird on his forearm, carrying it sort of like a falconer carries it. But it's much too wide and squat to be a falcon. And as you get close, you realize it's an owl. This guy has a uh, great horned owl that he's carrying. He's got the little hood on, the jessies on its uh, on its uh, feet to uh, keep it from flying away. And uh, you, as you get in with an earshot, you you hear the the gnome apparently uh, doing kind of a sales pitch, and he's like, "And we realize that there's a huge market for quickly sent messages." So recently, we have upgraded to the Great Horned Owl before we were only using a Barn Owl. And each of these messages could be no more than 140 characters long. But now we moved up to the Great Horn, and now they can be 280 characters. We call this a hoot. I'm just staring at this metal owl. And as you arrive, um, the uh, uh, one gnome turns the other and says, Shall we send a hoot? And uh, the... Uh, sales gnome apparently you know turns to you cotter and says what would you like to say in this hoot and who would you like to send it to i'll glance at arlen nothing okay uh i have no idea send it to yourself let's see if it could at least do that i think that um that's not really much of a test though it just may have randomly decided to settle on him do we need to send anything to culture bar that's a good test. That's a great idea. Ask for an update on the concurrent condition of Arlen and have him send back a reply. Okay, good. 
So they scribble that down onto a little you know piece of paper and tie it to the owl's legs. And the um, handler you know pulls the hood off of off of the owl's head and it kind of blink blink blinks, turns its head back over its shoulder and looks at what's behind it, turns it back around, uh, blinks a few more times. And uh, the uh, handler whispers the name of Galchabar into its ear and then you know puts its arm up in the air and the owl takes off and promptly flies over to the nearest large tree in Roos. And you see the sales gnome turn to the handler and he says, You idiot! Owls are nocturnal! And just whacks him in the back of the head. And the uh, gnome takes a couple steps forward after getting hit and, and says, Um, well, maybe ravens then. And the two of them just kind of uh, start wandering back towards the household. I'll tell them, maybe come back when you do have a viable product ah yes definitely uh as you can see the uh, market uh, is huge for this particular application i'll look at the bird and look back and say and by viable i mean actually works all the time when it's needed yes indeed but i gotta admit the future is very bright for this product i i, I run up to the sales now and i say there's an island off the coast or they have really big birds. They might be more reliable. And then just about then, uh, uh, Thrax comes and kind of pokes around your legs and cheeps at him. And you know, the gnome just kind of jumps. And it says, ah, yes, well, we'll have to take a look at that. You know, it seems to me if we can make these birds do other things, perhaps they might be handy in more than just a message capacity. Like, loading them up with a billet way to heal an army in combat or deliver a flying blow from above or something. Spray healing potion over a field. Something. Anyway, thank you. Um, please don't come again for a while and see you later. Yes, very good. Thank you for your time. We will return to Faramon's. And uh, you can just feel the sales gnome just glaring at the handler um, as they're heading back to the, the house. And you, you kind of hear the, the, the other gnome saying, well, we'll have to wait until the owl uh, leaves the tree at least. And just sort of general grumbling. I can get it down, but it won't work very well afterward. I'll express to Sinia how I'm sorry that I gave them opportunity to come back. And I understand her annoyance if this has happened more than even one time and she said um well uh, this has been probably the least successful of their demonstrations but uh, yes perhaps you could send a note to the baron uh in uh Faramons and and see if we can't curtail this i'll have to use a different system than what they were trying but yes agreed you know cotter in my culture it's not on heard of for a younger sibling to take on some responsibility to help out with the responsibilities of the older sibling perhaps there is somebody who could benefit from dealing with such shenanigans and well thought out ideas to give sister Sinia a break and while giving them valuable leadership experience and what is expected from a member of the house of Fraser. you do have other sisters do I trust them to do anything? Really? Um, certainly they would be probably pretty good at handling the uh, political machinations and the, 
in the diplomatic relations, uh, that's certainly something they would excel at. Okay, I guess we might talk more about that. Sounds good. Um, while they're talking about that, I'd like to walk over to uh, Adrian Noan and just kind of just talk a little bit about this whole Baroness thing and bring up an idea that I'd like to try to talk to them both about when Cotter's free from his responsibilities and Arlen has in a moment as well. I actually think I have an idea that might benefit everybody, but I think uh, I need, and we need to sit down and talk when we're not like this. So do you want to call a huddle when everyone gets back to the household there? Yes, exactly. Yeah. A little, little campfire discussion as it were. Well, you do have several hours until you are uh, expected at court. So now would be a great time to go occupy one of the parlors. Is now a good time with the rest of you? Works for me. I just finished working out. I'm I'm good. Do I have anything I need to talk to Sinia about? No, you guys pretty much covered everything last night. All right. So yeah, so you guys can pull up a parlor um, and uh, the servants bring over some light refreshments. Some cool juices, some tea, and uh, some little cakes to eat. And leave you alone. Uh, so I suppose I'll address this uncomfortable subject because I don't think any of us had any designs on being a barren individual person. Um, however, I think we have, a, have an opportunity here to uh, establish something that might help lead the other barons in the future. Um, and if I speak out of turn, please interrupt me. I think for all intents and purposes, Adri is probably our best bet here. I have, I really don't have any interest in leading lowlanders. I don't have the patience for it, I don't think. I don't understand any of what Cotter just had to deal with. It's, it's so radically different than what I have. And then... Um, no one, I know you're happy with our mountains. I know you'll need that time when you're not under the pressure of polite society, as it were. Um, Cotter's now spoken for in Arlen. The sheer fact that all the blood left your face when it was brought up kind of indicates that you're not keen on the idea. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. <laughs> so with respect to Adri, and understand that I'm not in any way suggesting this is what we should do, just an idea. I know in the past I sort of brought it up, not in the best way, so I'd like to try to bring it up again in a more advantageous situation. I still would very much like for you to become sister to Kava and I. And I would very much like to bring the valley and the mountain together. It would allow you to have a standing army at your call. I won't say your beck and call because that's not how we are, but we would be your new family. And as you've seen, we are very accepting of not what a person is, but who that person is. Um, it would give you the ability to fully realize who you want to be if you so choose to do this if that makes sense and I think my people would benefit greatly because it would give them a place to learn to be with lowlanders to minimize the chance of history repeating itself well I'm already planning on 
if I end up taking the seat, uh, making it a sanctuary city for my people, I'm sure it could also be a hub of new relations with the Dragonborn. Another good point with that is if we're concerned about Adri's Druish origin being commonly known, we already know the Dragonborn don't don't care. Mm -hmm. And certainly having a, a stronger alliance with another group of, of beings that seem equally frightening to the average lowlander would, would certainly serve to uh, be a buffer for you. You know, people uprising uh, one half row is one thing. Uprising with a half row with connections to the barbarians in the hills that frankly won the battle. Um, certainly is another thing. Kaba has also expressed interest in learning your fighting style. She prefers to stay at a distance and still be able to defend herself when necessary. I think it'd be just something to think on. Yeah, of, of course. I Even more reason to join alliances. Imagine if we built a school in the mountains and in the two baronies, we could tie even all three together through that learning. That'd be cool. Heroes of the realm. It would Some be a strong three-way alliance at that. It would be like a like almost an, an adventurer's guild if we have like the barbarians and then also some sort of monastery. Mm -hmm. Maybe a magic school as part of it too. That'd be kind of cool. Things are definitely further weakening. That's for sure. I haven't thought I you have to forgive me because I have times hard time sleeping sometimes and weird ideas come into my head. But uh I sort of thought that, you know, Baroness Adri, you know, the Baroness of the House of Shadow had a great ring to it. That is that that's good. Well, and mm -hmm. one other thing that um sort of argues for any one of the unusual members of the party being the new baron is that um after all the misfortunes that Escobarium Colise has experienced lately, um, certainly somewhere maybe even up to a third of the population of the city that, uh, you know, between the, the baronial wars internally and then this new war between that and Porta Magnum and on the rest of the problems with the, uh, with the crops failing and, and uh, diseases coming out of the mountains and things like that, probably a third of the... the population of the city is now gone so this would be a great time to encourage emigration and make a truly cosmopolitan excalbarium caliph so something to argue in that favor as you concern that the barony that you might take over is the trade hub for the entire area that we know it so you'll be in a place of extreme power in terms of leverage i would be remiss if i didn't mention one thing though adri we will have to go speak with Kaba because Kaba is going to have to be the one that actually accepts you. Of course. Yeah. And you know, the, only, the only reason for that isn't your heritage. It's because if she accepts this, she's doing so knowing that you could in all fa in all actuality and right challenge her for the role of patron mother. You would oh, have yeah. I should definitely clear that up then because I have no interest in, in that. Which she would be reassured to hear, but it's it's something that could be come up. So to bring it all up, and I would also encourage you to show her all of you, if you understand what I mean. Yes. Well, once we've dealt with the phylactery, I'm sure we can deal with the, with those loose ends. 
Exactly. It's just something again, trying but trying to be as factual with everything as I can because I don't want you to think I'm trying to pull something on any of you. We you know you and I don't always get along and I'm trying to be as upfront as I can be. I appreciate that. And I don't think it's a bad thing to be talking about this. At this point, we have increased our skills to such a level that we have to start thinking more responsibly. Very wise. Speaking of so the ugly little box with the crystal. Yeah. I was just about to bring that up. Arlen, how are you feeling? And I don't mean I feel I'm happy mood. I mean, how are you feeling? Your abilities that are no longer there. I mean, do you feel any different? I don't I don't know how you feel with your when you have your magic and when you didn't have your magic and all that. So I'm just kind of curious. I mean, I didn't notice anything until I tried to cast teleportation circle and then nothing happened. So like I feel the same, but it's just like weird, if that makes sense. Not really. I don't understand what weird, the, the weird. Like, things that I would normally do, I can't do anymore because, like, no magic. Even the simplest things? And I, I don't mm -hmm. mean, I don't, I don't, whatever that is for you, I don't know what a simple thing for you is. Yeah, like, even, like, the normal, like, trying literally anything. Like, I can use the bowl of scrying and things like that because that doesn't really take anything innate. But like anything that I've done in the past, like doing like even the uh, like mage hand, like trying to open a box or whatever, can't do it. I wish I had a better understanding of how you, your magic works. Unfortunately, I just don't. Sorry, <laughs> did we already talk to Galchabar about this? Um, kind of. Um, when I tried, we called him up and he's like, yeah, I don't. I don't feel any magic coming from you. Um, I think that was about the extent of it, though. He just didn't see any magicalness mm -hmm. in your aura whatsoever. Uh, but I think that's as far as it went, because then you had to leave to uh, get back to Porta Magnum. Yeah, I think we should maybe talk to the sorcerers. Well, first things first, let's get rid of the ugly little box. Um, I don't have any real faith that it's the real one. I think we might have lost the real one, but we'll see. And then we will, I think we immediately need to address this issue with Arlen because it would just be completely unwise and unsafe for him to try to accompany us in these dangerous areas with no way to defend or assault to save himself. Oh, come on, he's a farmer. He could go and milk them to death. No. Uh, Connor, which way is the church from here? I'll point like, down the street, hang a left, walk for a bit. I'd like to do this before we have to do whatever, I forget what you call it, a party or whatever that your people are planning to do. Well, this seemed like it was more going to be an award ceremony, um, which actually uh, even the uh, Dragonborn are familiar with, although perhaps not quite to this level of pomp and circumstance. Um, if you'd like, Hunter, I will send a quick sending so they can get the dagger ready for us. That sounds good to me. As long as I think we'll have enough time, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'll just compose a quick sending message to the high priest saying, we are coming to you with another potential phylactery. Please have the 
weapon ready to dismantle it. Okay, and and you get an answer back in the uh, abbot's voice in your head. The abbot said he will be ready, so let's make our way over there and then see what we can potentially hopefully figure out in the meanwhile afterward, between now and then of the celebration for our friend Arlen. Okay, so um, you guys make your way over to the Cathedral of Dianect, and as before, they've got the sort of chapel off to the side reserved for you and sitting on the altar with a couple of sets of cracks in it, little micro cracks, uh, there is the dagger. So are you going to have Arlen do it, seeing as if it blows up and kills him that, you know, he wasn't really useful after all and, you know, no great loss to the party? I forget. How did how did we do this last time? Did the priest demand to do it or were we supposed to? Yeah, the to? abbot did it. Actually, no, you guys did it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Never mind. It was us. So my concern here is with Arlen's loss of power, did he also lose robustness? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, you I could go stand in front of the Trinitron 2000 and see. but That's different. I, I would hate... I would hate for something that you may have been able to withstand a week ago to, to drop you now. Well, why don't you give him a punch and see if it takes him out? I there mean, was like, a time. Not... <laughs> there was a time when I would do that, but now, you know, I don't strike my my friends. Oh, but come that, on, you wuss! You know you want to. That is a good question, though. Is is has have your hit points changed? Has your saving throws changed? Anything like that? I mean, like, I got struck by lightning and I fell off a tower and I'm not, I'm still here. So I think I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, you know, he's got well, a point there. Let's give it a go. Who's going to take the dagger to the box? Oh, I'll, I'll take care of that. If, oh, if he'll stab it. Never mind. I'll let me, yeah, uh, just for safety, let me do it. If, um, once we're there, of course, and the abbot hands over the dagger. It's right there. Okay. And once again, as before, um, the altar resists having the phylactery placed upon it. Once again, it's, it's almost like trying to put two magnets next to each other. It wants to slide off and you have to hold it in place and you bring the dagger down into the phylactery again. And as before, it penetrates right into it and the glowing gem on top ceases to glow and just falls to the floor and cracks. And once again, that's it. But, you know, a few more little micro cracks where it was sitting on the altar. But uh, once again, same as same as the previous ones. Out of curiosity, Abbott, what happens if that altar breaks? Oh, well, um, we'll just make a new one, I suppose. Uh, we do, we do I have mean, a budget for maintenance. Like some, not some sacred protecting altar of goodness that your God provides you or anything like that. I'm just kind uh, of worried it's, that it's been cracking. sanctified to Dianic, but uh, it. When you get down to it, it's it's the faith that's important, not uh, a big hunk of stone, as prettily as it's been carved. Okay, it just, it just kind of occurred to me, maybe I should ask that. And I'll hand on the dagger back. Thank you again for making yourself available. So this is now four down, I think? Well, let's go check that out. We lost one, and then I know we've done this a couple of times. I just don't know the exact count. This is our fifth one. The sixth one was lost. Nope, never mind. One, two, 
three, fourth one, and our third one was lost. So what clue remains that we have not touched? And uh, we have no, this is the fifth one, and we lost one. So we, we've destroyed four. Well, let's, let's go over the different verses so we can be sure. No. Yeah, we did the... Um, oh. Uh, your foe can also be found close at hand where water spouts from blowing sand. That yep. was under mm-hmm. the oasis. Did, was uh, the you must also the look deep in the frost among peaks that are most perilous to cross. And that's the um, summer mm-hmm. home. Summer right. palace, yeah. Um, and a tyrant waits with his baleful stare where a sealer, sea ruler sits without even a care. That was the island and that one was stolen. Um, and your foe is to be found where no one cannot see and those of the land are unable to be. That's um, the one that we just had. That was the Underdark. Yeah. And the Veil of the Elves one was not... That was Alowal's Tower. That was Alowal's Tower. The next one that we have is... Huh? We destroyed that one, right? The tower one? We well, no, there was nothing in the tower. We did not get one from the tower. Yeah. We just found his tower and found his name and stuff like that. The three that we have left are, you. You also you must find a dangerous lair where fiery greed guards the treasure that is there, and that one is uh, a cave in the mountains. A curl of smoke drifts out of the cave, um, and you will have to learn how to fly so that you may be able to find your foe in the sky, and that one is a castle sitting on a cloud. And then the last one is, finally at last, your foe can be found where the souls of the evil are tortured and ground. And the last, and that um, image is a black visage with flames leaping around and screams of souls. So that's exciting. It occurs to me as much as I don't think I want to go back there, consulting the library and then maybe even talking to our new cat friends that perhaps in their library, they might have a reference to which certainly sounds like either one of those ugly dragon type creatures that aren't one of mine or um, wow, I wish I thought about it. I could have asked, well, maybe I still can. Maybe I could ask Loquax. She's always happy to see you. I'm pretty sure big dragons kind of know where other big dragons are. That'd be a good place to start. I'll send her, you know what? Don't say I can't do it. I'll send her a sending real quick and just say, pardon my intruding upon your private time, but we are looking for, and then quote the verse. Does this sound familiar to you? Okay, good. So you send that one off. Um, you don't get anything back right away. So um, perhaps after uh, the ceremony's done, she may be in the middle of dinner or something. Or maybe she captured Nissing again and she's keeping him hostage for another month. We can only hope. Shall we? How much longer do we have until the uh, award ceremony? Um, it's you guys probably better get uh, spiffied up and get over there pretty soon. It's mid afternoon, uh, so. So is this going? Will this last for a while? I assume, Carter. There will be a certain amount of ceremony. Yes. Uh, then maybe we should visit the library on the morrow. Then. I think that would be. Better than trying to rush into it before, yes. Although, um, as we're preparing, I want to like set out an order for um, ninety gold or nine hundred. Wait, shoot, that's a lot. Another th- three hundred gold pieces to diamond, so that we have two instead of one. 
Um, it's it's a hundred gold piece diamond. It's a right? hundred gold piece diamond for uh, Revivify. That's the one you're looking it's at. Three. Let me check. Pretty sure it's five. Let me look up on the player's handbook. So we all have different numbers. What? It's somewhere between a hundred and a thousand gold pieces. Somewhere in there, we're pretty sure. Revivify. Three hundred gold pieces. Three hundred gold pieces. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, Sydney can just have that brought in from the, the gem merchant and have that at, at dinner time tonight. Mm -hmm. I do know that if I can continue to please Nawada, I'll be able to do a different version of that that will give us more time and not quite as emergency state, but it will cost us about a third more than what the diamonds do now. Which only makes sense when you think about it. Very good. Okay, anything else before you head off to the award ceremony? Um, just the normal thing. I would ask Cotter's indulgence in one small thing. Um, I know you'll be dressed a different way, but with your permission, because I don't know how this will be taken, I would like to paint your Dragonborn heritage on the side of your face. It's not permanent, obviously. And just to show, to just more of a show of, don't forget, he's also one of us, to those that might think it might be potentially an idealistic idea to take out the potential heir to the Port of Magnum barony. I think so. I, the player, think that would be pretty cool. Do either character have any major hangups on that? No, sounds like a grand idea. Yeah. And let's do that. Okay. And then, no one, would you like me to help you with your paintings or can you do it yourself? I can do calligraphy. <laughs> I wouldn't say I would be any great artist. It's it's simple enough, and I think maybe that's another lesson we have kind of neglected. And I know, I know your Dragonborn's becoming quite good, but I should I should show you how to highlight your your markings so that they shine when looking upon. So I'll spend time doing both of those things before the award ceremony. Very good. And you can wear your new plate mail, there, Cotter. Yes. And uh, Arlen, what are you going to have your outfit look like, seeing as you can make yours look like anything? Um, I think I'm going to have it be like a really nice like velvet suit, like emerald green. Um, and like, oh, 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 no, 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 like straight out of Les Mis. Like, like that style, like that style of suit with like the um, scarf and everything. That's what it is. I thought you were shooting for the Wizard of Oz to begin with. Do not pay attention to the sorcerer behind the curtain. I thought. I swear I thought he was going to hit 70s disco with the patent leather shoes. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll include that one next time. Yes. Excellent. So he's going to look very interesting, right? He looks very um, distinctive, let yeah. us say. I'm a trendsetter. What can I say? And obviously... Um, Adri, you and uh, Noan have uh, very nice robes as well as the ones that are splattered with uh, blood and guts. Um, but do you want to wear anything different? No. Yeah. We're, uh, we're pretty, um, I mean, we're monks. We're, yeah. we're not for the ostentatious. And it certainly is not a tiara sort of wearing um, event. So, yeah. Very good. And so uh, you guys get all ready to go and you head on over there and it does drag on for a while. Um, the Baron does begin with a moment of silence 
for the lost in the battle. Uh, they do actually read the names of those of name that were lost. And obviously, we you all know that uh, Cotter's friend Kent was, was uh, lost in the battle. Uh, but there was a number of other uh, noble household names that are read off, although not a tremendous number, but uh, certainly more than you knew about. And then they just kind of then go and enlist the, the, just the straight number of, of regulars in the army that were lost. And everyone holds a silent moment to remember them. And then they start bringing up all of the regular foot soldiers and the cavalry soldiers and so forth and so on that uh, uh, served with exemplary uh, valor. Um, and then they bring up some more of the uh, NCOs and officers that uh, did particularly valiant works in the battle, saving other people and stopping charges and, and uh, you know plugging holes and organizing retreats and, and desperate last stands. And uh, then they finally get around, and the uh, Baron says, And now could I please have um, Cotter of House Fraser and Noan, the monk, and the barbarian warrior who leads his people in battle, Creval, may you please step forward? I'll step up. But slightly behind Cotter. Yeah, and and as you get closer, Creval, he kind of says, I, "I did get that right this time, didn't I, Creval?" Well, it was much better, yes, sir. We will work on it in the future. Thank you. I, I I'm learning. And uh, then in his loud voice, and he says, "To Cotter's august companions who demonstrated so ably their abilities in this last conflict." holding down with Cotter and his companions the entire left flank of our army, to Creval and to no one, I name you now as Marshals of Portum Magnum. And he uh, pulls out his sword and, and taps you each on the shoulder. As Marshals, you have freedom within the bar barony of Portum Magnum. Uh, and then he kind of under his breath says, but uh, do be careful because... I could recall you to service if need be. And then he turns to Cotter. And I wish to confirm the rumors that have been made throughout the land that indeed Cotter Fraser is to be the next Baron of Porta Magnum. And you see, uh, a oh, there's a whole bunch of people that kind of break into all sorts of applause. And you notice there's some of the royal families that seem to be uh, more like golf clapping, you know, doing the the uh, the clap that you get at the uh, at the Emmys, you know, <laughs> smile, yeah. Uh -huh. um, and then, thankfully and painlessly, it's over, and uh, you guys are all dismissed, and you head back to the Fraser household, and. Sinia tells you, Cotter, that uh, she did flirt with the idea of having a grand dress ball, but considering all that's happened lately, she thought maybe just a dinner with the friends and family might be better. And you guys all find yourself around the table back in the Fraser household. And uh, she did, however, go a little over the top, and it is a sumptuous feast this time around. 
So better than your average. So anything you guys wanted to uh, go over while you're having dinner there? So I, I say, Cotter, um, exactly what does being Marshall entail? It seems like I'm sort of in the, in the limelight to some degree, and this is strange to me. And Cotter, you know that Marshall's of uh, Port of Magnum, it's basically an honorary title, uh, like sort of like being a court baron. Um, where you don't, you know, you don't have any lands or, or tithes or anything like that, but you're above the, the regular, uh, you know, people in the town, but not actually like an official royal or anything. Yeah, it would mean some changes in time of war if you were just a normal adventurer, but because of your ties to me and the fact that we already come to Porta Magnum in times of war to help anyway... It basically is a title you can use to tell other people, hey, look, I am fancy and have done things for the Baron. That pretty much wraps up in a nutshell. So somewhere between commoner, somewhere between commoner and noble. A little on the higher side of that scale, but yes. Mm-hmm. It certainly would allow you to... Um, attend any function in the first circle of uh, Porta Magnum as an honored guest. So anything else you guys want to go over at dinner time? Any plans? Any rumors? Anything? Um, just okay. see if we can't see what's really being said. I'd like to, I don't know if this is a perception thing, but I kind of want to just keep my eyes on those that weren't exactly thrilled with Cotter's ascendancy. And see if I can see them talking like any sort of hushed crowds or whatever like that. You're going to do this at the uh, at the ceremony itself before you head back for dinner. Yeah, just because okay. Caval himself is not much. He may not be the smartest tool in the shed, but he understands that there's now more danger than there was before. Yeah. So roll me insight there. Fourteen. Okay, and you get the feeling that um, some of it is just kind of jealousy. But others of it is, uh, you know, just sort of sour grapes. Uh, you don't actually get any sort of danger feeling from any of the uh, any of the, you know, conversation that you're privy to. Thank you. Okay. And anything else there for dinner? Any chat? Any last things we need to do about new Baron stuff? It seems like we've all decided that Adri is is the candidate um for now yeah until something <laughs> should may she survive yeah, the party might accidentally like leave her somewhere oh no we can't have her as baron we just got to make all these regime changes in exclavarium coalice without anyone knowing for why enjoy our meal i suppose and head off to bed it's been it's been you know an interesting couple of weeks. That is indeed true. It has been interesting, um, and as you are enjoying your meal, and it's actually getting kind of close to the uh, the end of it, all of a sudden you hear a whole bunch of screaming going on outside, and you catch the word dragon. Oh boy! Oh, I think your friend came with the personal message. Well, where is no this one will delicately, 
dab the corner of, of his mouth and get up and, you know, with a what's next type of look and head on out. Must be Tuesday. So you're going to rush out to see what the uh, news is with the dragon? Aye. And uh, you yeah. um, come rushing out the door. And you can just see in the distance a colossal beast with wings that is winging its way out across, looks off to the northwest. So apparently the dragon has taken off. However, there is a short cloaked figure that is walking towards you out of the gloom. And Arlen and Adri, roll for me a insight check. 15. Also 15. Okay, and you two recognize the springy step of Jade Claw. And in, sure enough, in addition to uh, the usual uh, cloak and all that stuff, you notice that it does have Jade's bow over its shoulder. And sure enough, as she approaches, you get a look under the hood, and there's the jade green eyes of your tabaxi friend. And she holds out a book to you. I will take it. And the book says, uh, Malvern's Explorations with a low all. And that's where we're going to stop today. Okay, uh, a couple of fun things to talk about here. First was, yeah, Adrienne never did ask her sister what happened to her and her family. What happened that got her on the back of the Varus Rider uh, ready to be hacked to pieces? So clearly something happened to the family. Um, we'll just have to see what that is if we go down the line. Maybe, maybe Adrienne will ask. And then the party got their just rewards with titles being handed out and so on and so forth. And they may have settled on who's going to be the Baron of Excalibarium Calice if any of these people actually survives the next several months. We'll just have to see. But what is this with the dragon and Jade? So Jade shows up a dragon back and presents them with a book, a book that might hold some clues. What's in it? We'll just have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head. <laughs>